much. We're happy to be here this morning with you. Um, we've just returned from Canada, from the Northwoods. Um, it was about a eight-hour drive back yesterday. So we're glad to be back in Kalamazoo, glad to see you guys, and glad to share with you this morning. Uh, Pastor Cameron is away in South Carolina, and that's why you have us here today instead of him. And uh, we're excited to share with you this morning what God has given us to share. So if you give us hugs after service, we might still like smell like campfire. I'm going to grab the chair. Okay. All right, so I'm going to talk first, and then Bill. So let's just pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time, and um, I just thank you for what you've put on our hearts to share, and I pray that it would be your words and not ours that would come out this morning and um, just change our lives, Lord, and we love you. Um, Okay, so when I asked God, what do you want to say to New Day? I felt like he said, and this is him talking to you, I want to pour into you so that we can pour out. And, um, yeah, so God's desire is to fill you up so that you contain him. And then together, the two of you, you pour out onto others. You pour out onto those who don't know the Lord through evangelism. You'll pour out to your brothers and sisters through serving at church. And so this whole flow is what we're going to talk about. And he showed me a picture of this. Um, and in my mind's eye, I saw it, and, and okay, it's on the screen, thanks. Um, and I was like, well, while we're camping, God, could you show me this in nature so that I can take a picture and have a visual aid, because I'm a visual learner, so hopefully you appreciate this visual aid. So you see that God is that flow, that river flowing in, and the water is coming from the rock, God is the rock. And he is the source filling up that pool. The pool represents you. And and you contain him. Um, when he showed me this picture, he specifically said, we are not a trough or a chute, but we are a pool where we contain him. There's cool things happening between him and us that's special and personal. And... Um, So this is a picture of the ideal. So we contain him, and then we pour out to those around us. And sometimes it'll be, and we'll talk about this more later, but sometimes the pouring out will be very intentional and planned, who you're going to pour out and how, and then sometimes it'll be spontaneous as things come up in your everyday life. And... um, So this is just a picture of the healthy flow. And so what we're going to talk about today is this ideal of God filling us up so we can pour out together. We're going to talk about how Jesus was a real-life example of this ideal flow playing out. He lived this in his life. And then we're also going to talk about a few things that can block the river and keep that water from flowing freely. Um, So I also like this. I feel like this is showing like how big God is filling us up. So thanks um, for drawing that, Emily. Because um, like that sh- seems kind of small, but that seems big. How God is right. That's true. Okay, good point. Um, oh, you can't see the rest of the river there. This is a huge river, and that's just one little part where it's filling up this little pool but it's I mean it's a raging river it's and, it, huge. and it pours into a raging river too but I wanted to zoom in on that thing 
so um <clears throat> So yeah, so Jesus gave us a great example of this in his life. He knew that the Father was his source, and he knew that the Father was the one to fill him up. He took time alone with the Father. Um, He knew that without him, he could not do it. He got away from the busyness and the crowds to have time alone with the Father. It says in the Bible that he would leave the crowd and go on a mountainside to pray. Um, He would wake up while it was still dark to pray. And he got filled up from the source. And then, you know, and then he contained the Father and had a relationship with him. And then from a full place, he and the Father poured out together. Um, He constantly said things like, I only do what I see my Father doing. And I'm about my Father's business. My purpose is to do the will of the one who sent me. He was always doing his Father's will. It says in John 4.34 that um, Jesus is saying, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And it also says in John 6.38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So Jesus was so aware that this was what his life was all about being filled up from the Father and then doing what the Father was doing and pouring out together. He didn't get distracted or sidetracked from this flow. Um, And let's see. So yeah, Jesus gave us this example and so we get to learn from him and grow to be like him, right, in our lives. Um, I noticed that this year we've had a focus um, in the sermons this year on evangelism and pouring out. We've really had that be a theme this year. Cameron started the year by challenging us to tell our story and to make sharing Jesus with others a common occurrence and that it's actually a requirement and not an option as a Christian to do that. Uh, Graham taught us this summer about how to share Christianity with someone in a way that's centered around Jesus. Um, The Gerbers encouraged us this summer to use the gifts that God's put within us right now to make a difference. And so all these sermons about pouring out and this theme about pouring out has really been on my mind and on my heart and I've had a desire to grow in evangelism because of it. <laughs> I was going to open the bottle for you. Oh. <laughs> um, but I had to ask myself, why am I so bad at this? And why is this so hard? Talking about now pouring out onto unbelievers and evangelism. <clears throat> and I asked God, what's keeping me from doing this well? And... Um, and I felt like he immediately showed me this picture in my mind's eye as an example of the ideal. He's always so positive. God's so good. And then he taught and he told me that just like in nature, you know, there can be debris, there can be branches, there can be logs blocking that perfect flow from happening. Now just like in that, we can have things in our lives that are blocking the way. And um, I felt like God just, I'm sure there's many different ones, and I actually want to encourage you guys, between you and God, to ask him to show you your river and what might be blocking yours. But here's a few that he highlighted to me um, to challenge me and then a few to um, share with you. So the first one... 
that um, keeps this proper flow from happening is being distracted. Um, having our minds consumed with the thoughts of life, the stresses of life, busyness of life, to where we be kind of become disengaged with this purpose, right? Um, and pretty much, you know, not taking time to let him pour into us and let him fill us. And um, he um, showed me also in this picture that the enemy would love for us to wear blinders and, like, just focus on one little spot of pond scum in our pool and become unaware of the flow and just be like, just looking at this one gross pond scum for like days, weeks, years, a lifetime, and just be so focused in on this one, you know, maybe it's a person that drives you crazy, that makes your life so hard and miserable, and they're ruining this, and they're ruining that, and they're affecting, or you know, you just become so so focused in that we forget and we become disengaged with this flow. Um, <clears throat> And so I felt like God said, for that, if that's you and that's me, I get so caught up with the busyness of life, to just take time each morning to engage with this process. Acknowledge the Lord and and pretty much just say, you know, fill me up, God. I want to be prepared to be used by you today. Um, and so... Yeah, just taking time each morning to engage with the process. Get on the same page as God. If we don't, it'll lead to missed opportunities. I um, <clears throat> have a great story for you of a missed opportunity, if you want to hear it. <laughs> um, Jesus Loves KZ, the service that we had on Sunday a couple weeks ago downtown. Bill was working, so I was going to go down with the kids. And I was focused the whole morning on trying to get ready and get the kids ready and I didn't realize how much I rely on him Sunday mornings to do stuff <laughs> when he's out there I'm like oh how do I get ready every other day but I can't on Sunday anyway so I was just so focused on that and driving down there and where am I going to park and all this stuff so I have not like engaged with God at all that morning yet <clears throat> and we parked kind of on I don't know street names but anyway so we parked kind of far away and we're walking towards the festival site and there's this lady that I'm going to need to walk past and she's sitting on a picnic table and I said something nice to her hi something about her seat because she's like far away she's sitting there's the whole parking lot then you cross the street and then there's the whole festival site so I said something about how she has a a good seat away from all the crowd or something like that assuming that she's a part of the Jesus loves Kazoo. Well, she's like, actually, I was just walking to work and I heard the beautiful music and I just decided to sit and listen. And Adam's still walking. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Enjoy the music. And I was like, crap. Oh, my gosh. I could have, that was like an opportunity. But I was like so just like focused on my kids and trying to get there that I, I missed it. And I realized later, like, she was just this, like, hungry lady, you know, listening on her way to work. I don't know why I got emotional about that. Anyway. Okay, so the opposite of being distracted with life is to be engaged and focused. 
take time daily to acknowledge the Lord and give Him your stresses. If you're just feeling overcome with stresses, stop and say, God, I give these to you. Ask you to hold them, and I'm going to just rest in your peace and trust you to take care of them. Um, So another branch or debris in our river could be pride. Um, And God told me that. He, he taught me about pride a few years ago. It was really good. And uh, he told me that pride is working hard to hold yourself up. And that humility is being at rest while God holds you up. And what I think is really cool about this is you get the same end result. You're up, right? But um, when we try to hold ourselves up, it's awkward and he showed me a picture of me doing that. I was like on a platform and I was on top of the platform and I was under it like awkwardly trying. It was like too heavy for me. I wasn't meant to hold it. And, um, and, and the heart behind pride is you're trying to give yourself position or worth or status or favor or something. And the Bible says that God lifts up the humble and he gives us position and worth and value in a place and when we can rest and know that that's our place we are just at peace but we still have that worth and position so then he showed me a picture of me being completely at rest on top of that platform and him effortlessly just holding me up and I looked around and that's what he was doing with all of us I thought that was really cool so pride, if that if pride is a big thing in our life, that's going to block that flow. That's going to block him from really flowing in and filling us up. So the opposite is humility, being humble. That's what we want instead. Um, another thing is not having. I just have two more. <laughs> but, um, another thing is not having a plan. Pretty much not having any strategic thoughts at all of who you're going to pour out on, how you want to go about pouring out. So if this is you, I encourage you to make a plan. Be intentional. And I think it's really cool to include your spouse and your kids and your friends. I don't think we're totally meant to do it alone. Jesus sent out the disciples in twos. And I really, whenever I've like walked up to somebody in a park and given them a prophetic word or something, I just love it when I'm with someone. It's so much harder for me when I'm by myself to, to do these kinds of things. Or when I'm with my kids, we were picking up a pizza one night and there was like a homeless guy by the 7-Eleven and we were going next to the cottage in. I just felt like I was supposed to go over there. I was like, but I, I just like, I feel like kind of alone. And I knew God was with me, but I wanted another person. And he's like, you have your kids. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, come on, kids. We're going to go give some love to this guy. <laughs> some Jesus love. So we went over there, and they're kind of like standing there. While <laughs> I didn't know how that was going to go, but it was great. He didn't want any of our pizza, but... We had a neat conversation about pot bottles. Um, (laughs) So be intentional. Um, Like I said, spontaneous things are going to come up as we're walking into a pizza place and you sense you're supposed to go say something to the homeless guy. But you can also be intentional about a family member or a co-worker or a neighbor and you can kind of make this plan, right, of how you are going to go about pouring out. Um... 
Okay, so the last thing, and this one really hit me in my life of, of what was blocking my flow from being able to pour out, was being unprepared. And pretty much being unprepared with the words to say. Not having the words ready to share the gospel. The Bible says to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It also says always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And you have hope in you. So you need to be able to give a reason for that. And for me, I just didn't feel like I could... See, I'm sitting in the back room with a coworker. I didn't feel like I could string together the gospel message during our little break and have it make any sense and be, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit would give me little things to say here and there, but I didn't feel like I had a good, like, full package to, to deliver. And so um, how many of you remember that when Graham spoke a month ago, he, he taught us um, that we should be ready to share the gospel and kind of be able to share it in one minute. And if you have more time with someone, share it in five. <clears throat> and so I asked him to write that up for us. What would that be like? Because for me, if you're like me, I love the, the concepts and I can hear it, but when it comes to actually putting it into the words, it's a little harder for me. So I asked him to write that up. I'm going to memorize it so it's in me, so I'm ready, like that verse says, to give an answer. And you can pick one up. I invite you to join with me. If you are not able to do that, if you feel like you wouldn't be able to in a minute while you're sitting down with someone share the gospel with them, then I encourage you to please pick one up and memorize it too. That's your homework. What? It's a handout at the table by the door. Today. Right now, it's there. There's a heading over the table. You can't miss it. Um, so instead of being unprepared, we'll be prepared. Um, and then I think it's good to memorize, and then you can make it your own. You can add in your own wording if you would phrase it differently. But all the components are there. So this is the structure to go from, and then you can make it your own beyond there. Um, so I have time for my last story. Um, I I had an opportunity at work. This is where I did something good here. Um, I had an opportunity at work um, to talk with a coworker, and I thought this was so cool how the Holy Spirit set this up. Where I work at a hair salon, so there's magazines everywhere, right? Well, there's this magazine about Tom Cruise and Scientology. So of course, all the girls are trying to figure it out at work and stuff. So I'm talking to one of them, and she's like, what is Scientology? Anyway, this is so confusing. This is so weird. She's like, it's kind of like this, I guess. And I think, like, Christianity and Catholicism is is kind of like this. And so we're having this conversation. I was like, yeah, I know a lot about Christianity. I don't really know anything about Scientology. And we were kind of trying to compare the two. And I said, you know what? I'll find out for you. I'll look into it, and I'll... Um, and next week, because I only work one day a week, next week I'll bring it back. So I wrote up, I didn't have to do it on the spot, I had like an hour to put it together, <laughs> wrote up what Christianity was, and I researched what Scientology was, and put that on there too. And seeing them side by side was quite humorous. 
like how amazing Christianity was and Scientology is like bettering your lot through uh, increasing your mind and, and making your mind really sharp. And all. Anyway, so I bring this to work. She reads it. And everyone's reading it. It's on the back table. Everyone's reading it. And I'm like, everyone knows what Christianity is because I wrote on that paper and they're all like, and then my boss um, didn't know I wrote it. So I'm back there with her. She's like, okay, so it sounds like Scientology is this. And then she's reading to me off my paper. And Christianity is about God's crazy immense love for his people and his plan through Jesus to like she's reading it to me and I'm just like this is really funny anyway hearing those words come out of her mouth so that was a way that um, I got prepared in a week's time Um, so yeah that's that's, um, um, what I wanted to talk about so just be mindful of what of this picture in your mind of what this healthy flow looks like um, and I encourage you let's just pray right now um, God I just thank you that it's your heart's desire to fill us up and for us to contain you and that you desire to pour out onto those around us with us and um, I just pray right now that you'd show everyone a picture of what their river looks like would you highlight to them in your loving way that you always do where they have brush or debris that's blocking the flow and if he shows you something I just encourage you to get it out of there and you can do that by repenting and then immediately initiating in your life new behavior that will make it possible for the opposite thing to thrive. So God, we just repent for whatever that may be. I repent for not being prepared. I repent for um, being so consumed with the busyness of life that I forget to be focused on you. We just repent and we ask that you would remove that debris from our river. And I just pray that you would uh, show us how to initiate new behavior so that um, humility can thrive and so that um, all the good things can thrive. Amen. So this morning is buy one, get one free. I'm the free one. This is part two. Um, <laughs> I'll have another analogy for you in a second, but I just, while the picture is still up, I just wanted to say one more thing about this pool and this uh, picture that Marilee shared. And like, you know, we were talking about it on our long drive home yesterday. And, um, you know, God's river is flowing, you know, and it is spring fed. It is, you know, um, unending. You know, the water is there and it's going somewhere, whether we do anything with it or not, you know. And and a river has, you know, countless, over the miles of a river, countless pools and situations like this, you know. You know, Peter and Aaron and me and Mary, we each have this spot like this. And if you have debris in the way, you know, blocking this flow, like Mary said, it'll go somewhere else, you know what I mean? But then we don't get that joy that you know shared experience with God of containing him like Marilee said you know and if there's debris or 
or things that are, you know, we're not making a good situation for that outward flow, um, but we're we're being poured into by God, it'll just spill out wherever, kind of haphazardly, you know, if you don't have a plan or if you're not tuned in to, you know, the spontaneous moments that God gives you, uh, you know, the, the direction he wanted it to go, it might not go. It might just spill out and not, not fulfill its purpose, whatever that was. So I just wanted to add that. Buy one, get one free, plus a little extra. Um, yeah, so my turn to talk. Um, I'm ready. Now, so I wanted to share with you something that is based on a verse named after my son Micah, or maybe a minor prophet in, in the Old Testament. I don't know. You decide. But Micah 6, 8, um, let me see. I'm reading with you up there what it says. I had the NIV. I'll read what you're seeing. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Um, And uh, I have three points. I know Cameron has sometimes said jokingly, like, you should have three points in a poem to make a sermon. I'm really close. I need a little more training. I have three points in a quotation. So I'm doing my best. Hang in there. Um... So the first thing is talking, we're just going to zoom in on walk humbly with your God. And, and we'll leave the rest for some time, some other time, because I have thoughts on that too. But um, the first thing is walk with God. And with is the bold capitalized letter in my notes. So if you want to do your notes that way, feel free. Um, but you know how you kind of have a paraphrased version if you don't memorize real good like me, of verses in the Bible. My paraphrased version of this, you know, just bouncing around in my head, was walk humbly before your God, you know. And in the NIV it says, um, He has shown you, O mortal, you whose life will end on this earth, (laughs) what is good. Walk humbly before your God. It seems like disconnected and almost like a, I don't know how to do it with a microphone, arms folded God, O mortal, you know, walk humbly before me. And that, you know, so that's why the first point is walk with God. Walk with your God, you know. And uh, my analogy that I'm going to use is more um, of a hike on a trail. Again, North Woodsy, Can- Canadian-y. Um, we're going to keep with those kind of analogies this morning. But um, we have this shared journey. We have this trail before us, and we're going to walk with God. Um, he's leading it. We're together, and uh, I was asking God, well, you know, I was, I was doing this back and forth conversation, come to a hearing, vo- hearing the voice of God class, if, if you don't do that, it's great. And uh, I was like, well, what's the destination, God? You know, maybe it's obvious to you guys, but when it hit me and when he answered that question, I was like, blown away, he's like, paradise. You know, and it reminded me immediately of Jesus on the cross. And, you know, in one of the Gospels, he talks to a criminal and, uh, you know, that's being hung on a cross next to him. And he says to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. And, um, you know, just the fullness of that idea of heaven, of paradise with God. And and that's where we're going. And, um, you know, not only the destination is that, but if you've ever hiked a trail, typically... You know, state parks or national parks here in the States or provincial parks in Canada, the hiking trails usually go somewhere really beautiful because otherwise nobody's going to walk the trail. So why bother, you know, keeping the trail maintained if nobody walks it? And why go there if there's not something beautiful? So we've got beauty all along the way, 
We've got adventure all along the way, and we've got this shared journey. You know, and I could try to throw in another quote here, but I'm not going to. I'll just slaughter it. But there's this idea in one of C.S. Lewis's books about, you know, uh, when did heaven start and when did your life not in heaven end? You know, and he's like, once you're there, you're going to look back, and it was really all that it was all that you know what i mean as soon as we engage this journey with the father that's the start of your heaven that's the start of your paradise so the whole way it's all good so to speak <laughs> right and um that's exciting so again if you're on a hiking trail particularly to orphan lake in canada for those in our family who are just there sometimes they're difficult <laughs> sometimes it's steep sometimes it's rocky sometimes there's roots and uh in our walk with god sometimes you walk at night sometimes it's dark sometimes you don't see the way and all of these things will be a part of your experience and your journey with the father and, and with god at your side and so what does it take to walk with god was another one of my questions um and i think one answer is that it takes trust you have to trust god that he knows what he's doing he knows how to get there he knows where he's going um he knows you well enough to know your limits you know, you have to trust that he's good, like we sang about this morning, that he won't push you beyond your limits, that he won't push you harder than you can bear. And um, that's a funny thing to trust that God knows your limits when you feel like you're past them. <laughs> but the funny thing about your limits when you go hiking to Orphan Lake is you think you've hit them and there's still a couple miles to go and you're tired. But then you just keep walking. Maybe you, <laughs> maybe you sing a song. But um, eventually you get back to the car, in our case. Or you keep walking with God and you realize, like, what I thought was my limit wasn't. And in our situation with God, sometimes you feel like you're pushing me more than I can handle. You know, this is too much. I want to give up. But if you have that trust, you can continue to go and you can get there. Um, I don't know why I'm emotional about that one. We're having one emotional moment each, so my mine's done there. <laughs> I guess uh, trusting God is important to me or something. Um, so another thing that it takes to walk with God, it takes um, letting go. So he doesn't always lay out the map before the hike and say, okay, Aaron, I'm going to pick on you because right there. This is what it's going to look like tomorrow and two years from now and ten years from now. And it's a little steep at this point. You see, this is a topographical map. And here's where it gets steep. And then this is a really nice vista we're going to see. And we're going to detour here because of the trail, blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? The way that it tends to work is... You find out about God. You find out about this, you know, like Marilee was saying, somebody shares the gospel with you in a minute. And you go, yeah, I can buy into that. And then the journey starts. You start walking, and that's it. <laughs> sometimes God will tell you what's coming ahead. And sometimes you just start walking, you know. And so it takes that letting go of knowing what's coming, that letting go of um, being in control, you know. When you are walking in the dark, you don't know where you're going or how to get there and haven't seen a map with God, you have to just let go of control and trust that He is in control and that He's good. Again, trust uh, comes up again. So another thing that it takes to walk with God, keep right moving along here, is uh, it takes effort. Um, <clears throat> the funny thing about walking with God is um, he's, He doesn't carry you. <laughs> 
if you're walking with him, right? I think in our journey, there are moments where God will pick you up. You know, when walking with our kids a lot of miles, there were times where I carried them a lot more with Aaliyah than with Micah. Um, but that's that's a whole different thing. And we sometimes I find that I ask for that, you know, and you might find that you ask for that. God, this is too much. And beyond those limits, will you just carry me for a while? Sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> Right? You know, I, I wouldn't have the same satisfaction uh, hiking a difficult trail and getting done if I didn't hike the trail, you know? If I didn't test my limits and know my strength and, and give something to it, you don't get the same satisfaction. And I think that's part, another principle in this walking with God. Um, yeah. Yeah, giving up when it's hard. Thank you. That's a good thing I should say. Um, giving up when it's hard is not walking with him, you know. If you give up, it, you're done walking. <laughs> he might stay with you, and I think he does. And maybe this is a little tangent that I didn't put in my notes, but I'll buy one, get one free day. We'll throw in one more thing for you. You know, sometimes we choose to go our own way on this walk, you know. There's a path, and God's leading us, and he's saying, go this way. Let me move. That's a, that's a key thing to do. He's saying, go this way. And we say, yeah, that's pretty steep and this looks pretty flat, so I'm going to go this way. You know, and I felt like God was saying, um, you can do that. <laughs> and we do a lot. And, um, and uh, you know, I'll come back to that. I wanted to come back to that. I was going to say that for the end because that goes with the quotation. So just remember that. You can go your own way. But... Uh, <laughs> But, but God goes with you, even if you go your own way. He's there, and we can turn back to him. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. So, um, yeah, if we walk with God, if we give our strength and put forth our effort, we're going to see the beauty along the way. We're going to have adventure. We're going to overcome. And ultimately, we're going to enter paradise. And that's going to be good. So point number two, for those of you taking notes, Roman numerals, that's two-letter I's side by side. Just you can make the top and bottom connected. It's faster. Um, is walk humbly with your God. So humbly is the second part. So uh, in my very computer programming way, in my notes, I put humble yourself equals. I put a real equal sign. Coil your strength. It's coiling your strength. And humbling yourself is not the same as laying down. And I'm going to tell you what that means because I saw some furrowed brows. Um, Right, uh, humbling yourself is not becoming lowly or thinking less of yourself than you really are. Right, I think what humility really amounts to in our analogy of hiking is coiling your strength. And what might that look like? We'll just we'll just mix in another analogy. I think Dan's got a picture for me of someone coiling their strength. This, my friends, is Blake Griffin, the most dynamic jumper in the NBA in my humble opinion. He plays for the Los Angeles Clippers of Anaheim or some other city close to Los Angeles probably. No, they're in LA. But um here he is. Look at how he look at the position of this guy's body. He's about to jump over this car. His teammate has thrown the ball out the sunroof. You can see it up above. He's going to go like this. Look at that. Now look at me. Now look at that. Now look at me. <laughs> He's going to coil his strength, and then, will you give us the second picture? That's the result. Okay? That's pretty awesome. Don't look at me, because I'm not doing that part. (laughs) 
I wish I could. And believe me, if I could, my tithe would be larger. Because this guy can jump out of the gym. So, if you want to win a dunk contest or learn about humility, study this on YouTube. That's where I got the screenshots. All rights reserved. Credit NBA great Blake Griffin. Um, so, in James 4.10, it says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. And I have this sense on our journey that when we humble ourselves and we coil our strength, and then, like I said before, we're going to give our effort. Maybe there is this rock you're going to jump up on in the, in the trail or a, a fallen tree you've got to jump over, you know, or even just stepping up onto something. The way you do it is you get low, you coil your strength, and then you're going to give your effort toward it. And when we do, James said, he will lift you up. So I think, though I may not be able to jump like Blake Griffin, in my walk with God I can because as I coil my strength, give my effort, and God lifts me up, you can really soar. Um, So what is the opposite? We're going to play opposite game. The opposite of humility is pride, like Marilee already said. And and what does that look like in this trail hiking analogy? Um, It looks like... This, standing tall, kind of looking around, who else is on this trail? Am I taller than them? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good on this walk, you know? And if I'm like this, and I try to jump, will it work? (laughs) Not very good, right? Like a position of pride, you can't offer any strength because you have none, you know? And if I really stretch tall on one foot, I lose my balance too, but if I'm like this, and I'm low and strong and balanced, I actually can jump. I'm not going to do it. Sorry. But I can jump a lot higher. If I'm like this, if I'm like this, all right, that's better. Oh, oh second service is going to get a smaller jump. I'm just kidding. Good thing you came to first. So... Walking humbly is being balanced. It's being powerful. It's coiling the strength that God's given you. And then He lifts you up. And as you give your effort, He's involved and you can soar. So Proverbs 16:18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Um, if you're not balanced and you're on the, doing a tiptoe walk, you're going to fall. It's just how it works. If you're not balanced and things come in the way, it's, it's just not going to work. So point number three is, ready? Note takers? Anyone? Anyone? This is it. There's nothing else. I mean, pretty much if you walk humbly with your God, you've got Christianity figured out. Right? That's all it is. Cameron's been saying this. Follow me is what Jesus told the disciples. Follow me is what he told them to tell other people. Let's go for a walk. You know? And if if there's like so many sermons on the internet and so much to think about and Christianity seems daunting, just... Chill out. Walk humbly. You know, grab your backpack. Let's go. And uh, so if you're going to work, if you're playing with the kids, if you're eating dinner, if you're scanning through Facebook on your iPhone like I sometimes have been known to do, if you're serving at church, if you're studying the Bible, and it's not done walking humbly with God, just stop. Reconnect to the source, like Marilee said. You know, get in this position of walking humbly with God and then Go do those things. Even the good things, just doing them, it's not the same, you know, as doing it with God. Um, So I want to encourage you to do that. Um, So here's your quotation, because I promised you one. This is from C.S. Lewis. I think it's in, yeah, I know 
99.9% sure it's from mere Christianity. So um, the language is not um, 21st century American. But listen, it's good. We all want progress. But progress means getting nearer to the place you want to be. And if you have taken a wrong turning, then to go forward does not get you any nearer. If you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. And in that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive man. Clive Staples Lewis. (laughs) He's good. Um, So that's what I was talking about. If you go your own way on this journey with God... I felt like God showed me He goes with you. But instead of Him leading the way and walking in front of you, He walks behind you. And you go your own way, go your own way, go your own way. Oh, that's a dead-end trail. You know, a lot of times it takes that for us to go, why am I going my own way? That was not a good idea. But when you turn around, there He is. He was with you the whole time. And so... (laughs) That's the cool thing about God, you know? And the funny thing is, it's not quite like C.S. Lewis said for our case and our analogy. Because when you turn around and you say, Hey God, I want to come back to walking humbly with you. He is so cool that you don't walk back to the fork where you turn wrong. He knows another way. He says, right where you are, where you chose to walk humbly with me, we can get there from here. I don't know about you, but I walked in a gas station once and said, How do I get to blah, blah, blah? And some smart aleck behind the counter said, Oh, you can't get there from here. <laughs> but God never says that. You can get there from here. So, yeah, I'm going to wrap up with that. And I just want to encourage you, like, like Marilee had you pray, you know, take some time today while this is fresh in your mind and just ask God, you know, what's our walk been like lately? You know, what's... Sh- what should I do to walk humbly with you, you know, and, and be purposeful, like Marilee said, and, you know, kind of take these two ideas and chew on them a little bit. Um, but with that, thank you very much for having us this morning. It's been a pleasure, and we love you guys very much. So Aaron has some announcements for you.